Huh. What else is going on? Anything? Nothing. <laughs> There's, I don't know. I mean, some other content, I'm sure. Um, the Smashing Pumpkins just released another new album. Hmm. A third yeah. act. That's content. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, it's called A Tum Act Three. Wow. It's a triple album. That's like when you have really bad indigestion, right? You need a, a tum. tum. Yeah, you need a tub. Yeah. A tum or, or three. <laughs> I'm Dan and I'm Eric and today we are going to be interviewing a really cool dude by the name of Thomas Parkinson and he has this project called this holy but I didn't realize he was also in Lord Green yeah I didn't either really I think I saw Lord Green once long time ago and I'm actually kind of psyched to uh, ask him about this yeah lord green thing and and also the other thing too is it says this holy is active but mm-hmm. it doesn't say anything about lord green being active so mm-hmm. is lord green active or is it not Oof. it's wow. one of those mysteries that we're gonna have to ponder and he's gonna have to answer oh man <laughs> hope he's ready um yeah should we bring him in yeah let's bring know. him in let's bring thomas okay in. here he comes I wonder if Thomas can hear us. I wonder. I oh, oh. You. hey, Thomas, how you doing? Good, good. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, yeah thanks absolutely. for uh, dealing with all our schedule stuff. <laughs> hey, yes. life, life happens, and uh, yeah. I, I'm no sweat off my sack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, well, how, how, vulgar, how vulgar can I be, and can I swear? Uh, you can do anything you want. Anything you want, yes. Yeah, one time someone peed while smoking weed on here. So (laughs) that's funny. That must have been. (laughs) Who was it? it? John Burns from. Uh, uh, I love that uh, guy. Centaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I looked up. I looked up to him so much uh, in the Quad Cities. He was in that band Meth and Goats, and Mm -hmm. they were just like. I mean, I still value their music to be super rad. You know, I listen to it regularly. I like even like. uh, his solo stuff is cool. Like it's just, it's I didn't see that coming, and yeah. uh, it's cool how like he briefly collabed with like Corey and Molly from Clues yeah. which they call like Baby Noir. That was right. rad. Yeah, yep. that was cool. <laughs> De- Dennis, Dennis is super rad too uh, with the uh, whole uh, Id Noir. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 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 Id Pyramid. I'm sorry. Id excuse Pyramid, me. Yep. Yeah, but uh, now he's in Running Man. And, uh, oh, yeah. oh, he's was, doing Running Man. Okay. Yeah, he plays drums in Running Man. That band is uh, super cool. So, nice. But yeah, John Burns, peeing and smoking weed. My man. <laughs> yeah. I think he was just trying to push the boundaries a little bit. So I think. Oh, yeah. Nailed. I can't beat that. Yeah. <laughs> Dan has yes. all kinds of questions. Yes. Uh, well, let's actually start <laughs> so there with the Quad Cities since we're, <laughs> since we're, uh, you know, talking about, you know, your influences, that kind of, uh, that kind of would be actually a, a good segue into, you know, what was going to be my first question anyway. Um, can you give a little history on like sort of your interest in music, your involvement in the Quad City scene? 
you know, uh, what led to Disholy. And also I saw that you were in Lord Green. I actually saw Lord Green. Jeez, uh, it was a long time ago, probably 2009 or something like that. Were you in the band then? I've always been in the band. You've always been in yeah. the band. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there were some lineup changes in that. Correct. Yeah. I guess, uh, there was a weird middle part where, uh, I was the only original member, but then, uh, more recently there's been some, like since I've moved to Nebraska, uh, I've gotten together, Jamie, it's still, this is still years ago at this point, but later than 2009, probably early 2010s, uh, I got 2010s, but like 2012, 2013, 2014, we did some like weekends and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, Jamie, the bass player was back in and doing his thing and he's also in running man but you oh, know cool. so i mean wow. running man is running man is just stacked right it's like yeah pat stolly who has just been like oh yeah yeah pat stolly plays bass in that band and, is he uh, he's affiliated with like future apple tree correct. and stuff yep. like that right okay yeah. yeah that's his recording studio and uh chad gooch as well who was in the band humans and chad mm-hmm. my, my favorite human song called silver moon mm, yes it's got, it's got a really cool tap on tap off for a kind of riff and uh yeah, like I said, everyone that I don't know the singer, but that's like the most famous dude. Apparently, he's like the singer for the Dead Kennedys currently. Mm-hmm. So right. he's not really? Jello, yeah, it's not Jello Biafra, but he's he's still singing with the Dead Kennedys. So respect. Yeah, that's so yeah. weird because I just saw an article today that they're going back on tour. Their first uh, show since DH Peligro passed. Yeah, away. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's too that's too bad. I like uh, I follow like. Uh, like guitar oriented YouTube outlets from time to time. And there's this one called premier guitar and they do like rig rundown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they then they did East Bay Ray. And I was like, that was so he, he like his rig was so sparse. I was just like, I was very impressed. Yeah. yeah. I like that. kind. I like that kind of simplicity, but uh, yeah, also that they were, that was like, so that was the last tour with that drummer. Mm-hmm. So I pay more attention to stringed instrument players than I do percussionists. Yeah. Sure. But, I just found out today that East Bay Ray, I guess, used a, uh, you probably already knew this, Eric, uh, used a space echo for most of his yeah. tone. Yeah, those, those, yeah, the, right. the Echo Lux or whatever. Or, yeah, Echo Echoplex. Yeah. Echo Plex, I believe yeah, it is. Yeah. I can't yeah. imagine touring with that. That's ridiculous. No, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. But they didn't have delay pedals right. like like yeah. i do like i'm looking at like mm-hmm. four of them yeah <laughs> and, they're, and, they're, and they're all smaller than an echo lux so yeah yeah sure i've actually never seen an echo lux in the flesh until uh the new future apple tree the, the one that's down by the rostocks mm-hmm. uh pat's got one and uh he's got all sorts of sweet gear because he's just mm-hmm. a, he's got a real good eye for that but uh when i walked up to it i was just like like a little flutter in my heart. I was like, that's it. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's the robot that made those sounds that you've heard on every recording before, you know, IC chips were invented. So yeah. 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 It's awesome. Uh, so it, this holy, correct me if I'm wrong, but that is, or at least started out as a solo project, correct? Uh, correct. It is a solo project. Okay. Um, I briefly like flirted with the idea of, having a live band uh it just didn't work out for a variety of reasons and so it was just at that point i don't know it's even in a solo project it's a difficult thing to do and having just to get three other dudes in the same room and align with each other mm-hmm. and uh yeah. it was just one of those things it's it's a difficult thing and a lot of respect to everyone that has like full bands and they 
you know, can make it make it happen. But yeah, I know I'm just and I'm I'm not against the idea of having a full band. I'm kind of like flirting with the idea of putting a second one together. Mm-hmm. But I feel like as long as everyone's uh, intentions for the project are on the same page, then that's a one of the most important things. Uh, mm-hmm. I value recording. I feel like I've just put out like my whole life and every project I've been in, like the recording process has been uh, rushed and done on a budget. Mm-hmm. And not that those are bad things. Those kind of inspire creativity as well. But I just really never even had like a recording that I was got to go back and like double guitars or just like, mm-hmm. well, I don't like my guitar tone. Let's spend some more time on that. It's pretty much like, oh, is the microphone passing signal? Good. Let's sort. Let's roll. And, sure. uh, yeah. So, uh, that's what I value in terms of putting a, if I want to play with other people, that's kind of like, that. that's kind of how I, I want to approach it moving forward. And mm-hmm. I've got a couple individuals that I'm like, you know, it's an idea to see it as planted. But, uh, as far as like the first information or first formation of like a live band, it, it just kind of spun out of control in a different direction that I really wasn't comfortable in contributing mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So, and all great dudes. I still, yeah, really good friends of mine. It's just some people just can't be in a band together. That's fine. It's yeah. totally fine. So, yeah. yeah. So the opt out single that was recorded with more of a full band. Is that accurate? Uh, just, actually just a live drummer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. That, that was pretty much the only thing that's been a variation from my regular formula. Uh, cool. Dan, Har- Dan Harvey is a fantastic drummer. He played in a band called Hercules from here. And that's something that, like, when Lord Green would go on tour, we'd bump into them in various, mm-hmm. various, various parts of the Midwest. And uh, fantastic drummer. Uh, cool. He, he he lived in like Fairfield for a handful, like a couple of years, I think. But when he moved back, uh, I didn't even know he was back in town. He just hit me up out of the blue mm-hmm. after I did uh, Twisted Finger of Fate. So mm-hmm. let's get let's get together. And, and he's got a couple other projects coming out too. So so that's an individual to look out for. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, you're uh, the um, opt-out 7-inch and ultra 12-inch that you just released, by the way. Absolutely menacing stuff, man. I really, really dug it a lot. And um, one of the things that I kind of really enjoyed about it is um, there there was this sort of like um, lingering noise that was happening at the end of like almost every track that I really enjoyed. Uh, and it kind of reminded me of like, almost like, I don't know, Eric, you may be able to speak to this a little more, but it kind of reminded me a little bit more of like, like, like an industrial sort of thing. Was it your intention to kind of bring those types of sounds and that kind of feel to this project? Or is it more, you just kind of, um, this might be kind of a, a weird, a weird way to word this question, but do you just kind of, um, I guess, feel out a song, like kind of just go into it and just sort of write it. And then it kind of just comes out. Like, I guess to make a, a, uh, a question much shorter and more simple, uh, what is your writing process like for this? Only? I'm so I was, sorry. I was, I was that gathering was... that. I was gathering <laughs> that. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, like the actual like meat and potatoes of the songs are flushed out. Um, Basically, it starts in a riff in my living room. I have one of those cute little like orange half stacks and sit on the couch with my dogs and put on Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. And I just let whatever happens, happens. And if it makes the cut, then I take it down to the basement where all the real gear is at. And uh, I start hashing it out with my uh, drum processing software. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, but like all the real like I don't want to say like the in-between stuff isn't real music, but like that stuff comes secondary after I've already fleshed out like the guitars, the bass. Sometimes even the vocals are done at that point. I don't know. That's kind of a fluid process. But uh, I mean, I have a a certain I, I don't, I'm a gearhead. I love gear. Slowly acquiring more and more and more. It's just it's, it's going to be a bad habit in the future. And when I pass, <laughs> someone's going to have a big problem on their hands. <laughs> but uh, I just love weird noise making stuff. And as much as many delay and distortion pedals I have, like I've got some real funny stuff in the arsenal. And like you know, like a MIDI controller. And I don't know. It's always been a kind of a learning process with this holy, and it's it's fun for me to like just you know click on an audio sampler i never haven't tried yet or something like that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sound good it sound bad how's it sound in the mix and uh but yeah i mean as far as why i have those parts between songs uh man i fucking love white zombie and uh mm-hmm. the, yeah uh yeah. man and like that those recordings i i, I won't speak to the rob zombie as an individual because it's truly i don't care for that but uh those recordings before i saw anything it was just white zombie like that was a mm-hmm. band and uh yeah man like the beginning of uh electric head part one like mm-hmm. just stuff like that where i'm just like how can i rip that off right yeah <laughs> uh, yeah how can i rip right. that off it's like that good artist bar but great artist steal mm-hmm. like uh like that kind of stuff and every now and then i float you know want to get in like steal like terrence mckenna samples or something like that but mm-hmm. i don't think i don't think that's truly my style is to like I don't want to commit to someone else's words. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's, that's, like I said, meat and potato, I kind of figure out song order and then I just pour myself a nice tall glass of whiskey and we're getting, you know, and it's never done in one session. Like a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff is a little bit at one time, listen to a mix, not a mix, but listen to like a rough draft of it, mm-hmm. come back, you know, like, oh, I, I, I we maybe can do something a little funny over here and do something like that. And plus, I just love electronic music. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not like I'm not like an active fan, but like, I appreciate it. So when like when Daft Punk broke up, that was one of the saddest days of the pandemic for me. That Rest happened up. during the pandemic. Yeah, dude. They, wow. Yeah. As if like being locked inside. I wish <laughs> it was as if being locked inside <laughs> wasn't bad enough. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, because like, they did like those live tours like every 10 years. And they didn't do one in 2017, and I was just like, "This is not good news." As like yeah. as like a closet closet electronic music listener, I was just like, "That was a bucket list one that really hurt." Yeah, it sucks when people have been playing pretty consistently, even if there are big gaps, they still go out, and you think, "Oh, I'll always have a chance to see them," and then you don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've had that happen. Yeah. So, um, I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. Yeah, <laughs> go see them now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So anyone that uses electronics or has electronic elements uh, and we interview them, I always have one question for them. And the what we were talking about leads directly to that. As far as your electronic gear, say synths, drum machines, sequencers, things like that, are you mostly in the box or do you have like hardware or do you have a, do you use a combination of things or what? As far as like the actual percussion for like the actual songs, that's all in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, and then like I actively seek out samples and loops and stuff like that. That's that's been like a new hobby of mine. It seems like that, and I'm not a percussionist. When I sit behind a drum kit, I feel stupid, <laughs> or, or I should say, more stupid than I already am. 
And, uh, but as far as like everything else, that's all outside the box. And lots mm -hmm. of times, like I'm sending it through a distortion pedal or it's, it's going into a guitar amp and getting mic'd. That's for sure, sure what's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do have the meaty stuff. Like I said that I, I guess, yeah, that would be in the box as well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, sometimes I'll find myself reamping it. Like I just mm -hmm. don't want to, I don't want I don't use in inbox reamping stuff or sure. what's it called? I use Presonus studio one. So like, mm -hmm. uh, amp amplitude, or what's it called? Amplitude is like their modeler. I don't okay. mess with that. I don't mess with mm -hmm. that. Um, I just like the sound of the speaker just fucking, you know, right. giving you, giving you the beans. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I like, so I have like a, I like a crappy synth that I borrowed from my girlfriend's dad. And it's got, it's like one of those ones where you got like everything you have like 117 different patches to choose from. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's all really crappy, but through distortion right. pedal. Sure. Yeah. I use, I, uh, I have a couple like arpeggiator pedals. I've got mm -hmm. like a bunch of octave pedals and I, cool. I've got, I've got enough stuff to keep myself busy for a long time, but Which, I'm still uh, arpeggiator do you have the arpenoid or something like my, that i made my own that's a clone of uh the oh. death the death by audio uh robot oh yeah cool yeah uh, i also have like uh i mean i like messing with like pll clones like i i have the uh earthquaker uh some data corruptor oh yeah, sure yeah, yeah. those yeah, things that, are crazy nice those are fun to play with it's every time i play it I, I can't, it's one of those things like once I get a sound, I got to track it right then and there because right. even if I don't touch any knobs, I'll come back to it and turn it on. It sounds completely different. Completely like, different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I have no, no idea what's going on now, but I'm building a clone of that right now too. And it's definitely one of the more challenging builds I've done in a minute, but wow. that's, that's what it is. That's awesome. that's awesome. So you, you recorded with a live, with an act, with a live drummer for these two new releases, correct? Uh, just for opt out. Everything oh, just for like, opt out. Okay. So every, everything every, else yeah. is digital drums, correct. electronic drums. Okay. Yep. Sample, so looped. despite the fact that you don't have a band together, are you still maybe planning on doing like solo live shows at all? Or do you think you're going to keep this more of just a, uh, like an at home project? Uh, I'm, I'm open to putting together like a live band. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those processes. Like I mentioned too, my focus is recording, mm -hmm. but I'm not totally opposed to doing a live gig, like maybe for like a record release mm -hmm. or, you know, Metallica comes to town and they say, we want the worst band in <laughs> Omaha. You know, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about how they just released their, well, I don't know if they just released it, but they're going to be releasing their new album this week. Dude, they're, Metallica is just the biggest disappointment in my life because I, I, I mean, they're probably, yeah, I, I grew up like learning good, like not full songs, but just Metallica riffs, like intros yeah. and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And that's kind of how I formed a lot of my early technique. So, you know, so Metallica was naturally my favorite band for that period of my life, but I'll never forget like the summer between junior and senior year. It was like a couple days after school ended and we were just having parties and I got caught like, uh, I got caught drinking underage and it was a totally hilarious situation where we just weren't even trying to be discreet about it. And, uh, but I had an appointment yep. the following, so I got arrested and my parents had picked me up and they're rightfully mad. And, uh, the very next day I already had an appointment for my old beater car to get a CD player. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, all right, well I'm grounded. So they had to honor that, but I was grounded the rest of the summer for sure. Mm -hmm. So in my, in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna pick up a CD and that's just really gonna like help me mentally through uh 
this period of getting grounded and uh mm-hmm. man i wish it wasn't saint anger oh my god that, oh yeah jesus that's a you want to make a bad summary even worse oh my yeah. god <laughs> yeah that that's enough to kill any vibe man listening to saint anger at it's a all. miracle uh, it's a miracle i'm here right now sure <laughs> yeah it that was a rough one man i i do not understand why that album got okay but the documentary about it revolving around it, the some kind of monster, one of the greatest band documentaries ever, just because it, it shows you exactly what you probably shouldn't do as a band, whether you're famous or not. I felt humiliated <laughs> watching it. Right. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. I was, just, I felt like not my humiliation. Like I felt humiliated for all those individuals. Yeah. I was like, damn. I mean, the coolest part about it though, is like Rob Trujillo crab walking on his bed, learning. Yeah. Riffs. Yeah. 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 And they were like, here's a million bucks. And it's yeah. like, well, shit. <laughs> He's like, yeah, he was like jumping up and down. I also liked how Jason Newstead totally ghosted them <laughs> because they deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Straight up, 100%. I wish I had, but... yeah. I have a lot of respect for Jason Newstead. Uh, through the six degrees of separation, I always mention this. I hate telling other people's stories, but this one's a good one. One time, like my homie Jamie from Lord Green, I was talking about earlier, who's a running mm-hmm. man now. He he like lived in Jupiter, Florida for that's where as his hometown. Mm-hmm. And he went back and spent some time there and he worked at a record store. And uh that's also where Mr. Newstead is from. Or, from. or at least from that area. But uh one time Newstead came in about a shit ton of it was like right after he right, he recently came into his position. And uh I guess probably not at that point, but uh yeah, Jamie sold him a bong and a bunch of records, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, he, he smokes bongs. He's just like me. Like, yeah, he's a real he's a real person." He's, <laughs> I promise this will be my last Metallica affiliated question. I just have to know, Thomas, what's your favorite album? Jesus, dude, Lulu. I actually haven't given that one a spin because of St. Anger. Like I like is St. Anger pissed me off so bad. I really haven't yeah. listened to any full Metallica efforts since then. And uh, I, 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 you know, I'm a big, I'm a first four kind of person, but mm-hmm. I, w- I will say that, I mean, black album's not bad. Every now and then I hear one, I cut off that. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, maybe I'm so jaded for how bad the new shit is. But like, I hear one off black album. And I'm just like, you know what? that rips like, like a wolf and man and uh mm-hmm. Hol- holier than thou. And I'm just like, okay, I think I was, you know, but I mean, it's, it's definitely different as it should be. If they want to progress as artists, I use that term loosely. But mm-hmm. uh I mean, the first four, man, I mean, they're in their prime. I mean, they're intellectually, you know, they're not jaded by influences and reviews and the spoils that go along with that. And I mean, obviously they made, they started making stadium bangers because that's what really like juiced the pockets. And yeah, that, that's a very human, that's a very human fault to succumb to. So whatever, mm-hmm. would sure. I do anything? Would I do anything different? Yeah. I'd say, fuck all your money. I'm going to do my shit in my basement. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, called this, <laughs> it's called this holy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to lie ban. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I don't want to play stadiums. Yeah, no. I mean, Metallica's sick. Metallica's sick, though. I mean, I, I'm not a hater by any means. I just, I have a, I have a, there's Metallica that I like, and there's Metallica that I just don't pay attention to. Yeah. And that goes with every yeah. band. There's, there's Slayer mm-hmm. that I like, and there's Slayer mm-hmm. I don't pay attention to. There's, you know, there's Beatles that I like, and there's Beatles that I don't <laughs> like, you know? Oh, yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I also wanted to ask you, um, I thought this was really interesting uh, on the questionnaire when uh, you were asked about the um, other local artists that you wanted to, that you kind of wanted to shout out. Um, I noticed that you have a couple of MCs listed, uh, Static Soul and Chill Mac. And yeah. um, it's, you know, I actually hear, uh, believe it or not, I hear a lot of hip hop influence in what you do. Um, I, that, I, that might sound kind of weird, but has hip hop been a part of your musical vocabulary as well? No, I, I, it hit me pretty late, not till like my early 20s. I'm 37 now, so mm-hmm. I've been out of my 20s for a minute. Yeah, I used to hate rap music. I used to like not respect it. I was like, this is horseshit. But uh, I, when I first moved, not I, not when I first moved, but when I like, cause I lived outside the Quad Cities. I didn't live directly in the Quad Cities, but when I, uh, as I hung out in the Quad Cities over the years, I moved in with some roommates that like just loved like Project Pat, all the three six like that kind of stuff and. Through that, I found out, you know, about started listening. You know, I always liked Dr. Dre. Like 2001 came out when I was in high school, I think. Yeah, high school. And like I, that was probably like the one that I was like, oh, okay, I got my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, I just think it's wild. Uh, I want to shout out, uh, I, I, yeah, Static Souls, J- Jacob Adams, and uh, Chill Mac is Dom. I don't know his last name, but he's from Des Moines. But mm-hmm. they kind of like they work together from time to time, and like they're both like not just like uh, hip hop artists, like they're kind of like have a producing element. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been I've been fortunate enough to uh, Static Soul lives here in my hometown, currently Omaha, and uh, I've just kind of been able to to uh, come be a fly on the wall, hang out. He invites some homies over. They like they bring some samples, and everyone brings their gear, like their you know everyone brings their mm-hmm. gear. I show up with a bass guitar like a total dork. And, uh, but, uh, it's interesting. Like, someone's like, I heard this track. And so they like, Jacob will like, they'll send him the track. He'll put it into a sampler. All of a sudden, he's, he's goes and goes, puts his headphones on. And you're not talking to him for 20, 25 minutes. He's mm-hmm. just chopping, he's just chopping it up. And then, like, all of a sudden, turns around. He's like, okay, I got something. Then another homie will step up and do like a little bit of percussion. Someone else will step up and do something like that. I've only been over there a handful of times, but it's been a really interesting and inspiring way to like look at production as it goes. Mm-hmm. And because usually it's just mm-hmm. me in my dark basement making loud, angry music. And to see like a what I would say like a super inclusive, well lit environment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but uh I mean it's 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 rad to see that different. Jacob's I've actually I'm sitting on some tracks for Disholy that Jacob's on uh he's on one he's on one of them like i've got two seven inches that i'm going to release by the end of the year and then i'm done until 2024 mm-hmm. but uh jacob's on he used to be in a band in the quad not quasi in the here in omaha called uh jocko which was like the best way i could describe it it's pretty much just like it's hardcore with like a really with a lot of rage against the machine but it's not like they're not trying to copy rage against the machine it's just kind of like one of those that's, that's how it turned out yeah. you know mm-hmm. and uh sure. but it's but it's like very hardcore there's fast parts and uh i mean yeah static soul had, he's got a message to say like the dude's he's an intense individual behind the microphone like it's inspiring and terrifying <laughs> all at the mm. same time so yes. speaking yeah. of intense and terrifying you also listed plaque blag on there oh yeah are you, are you familiar i love plaque blag like 
love love so when i saw that i was like i i've got to see him a couple times and it is it's intense you feel a little intimidated and as far as like kind of old school um industrial i don't know it's right yeah. there it's if, perfect yeah i know? mean i grew up in the country outside the quad city so there weren't a lot of leather daddies in my atmosphere. right <laughs> I've met Ross before. I don't know him. I don't know him terribly well, but mm -hmm. he's always always been incredibly polite, super nice. Uh, I was made. I didn't know this when I moved to Nebraska, but there's like a grind band that he was in previously called Wasteoid, mm. and they just fucking slay. You know, and, I've heard uh, of that. Yeah, I think I have too. Yeah, Wasteoid. So I mean, if yeah, if you haven't, making you know, give it some attention. So nice. That that's cool. I mean, that's it's it's fun to like. I mean, I haven't moved out of my. Uh, yeah, this is the only time I ever moved out of the Quad Cities, and I'm, I intend on staying here. And uh, mm -hmm. it's just fun to like move here and like kind of like soak up, do history, musical history as the who's sure. who, who's who, and this and that. And there's, you know, Nebraska's not like overflowing with stuff, that, you know, this side of Saddle Creek Records, but uh, mm -hmm. they, you know, that's when I was made aware of like Omaha. And, but uh, right. I'm not really into that indie rock stuff. So mm -hmm. respect, but it's just, it's, that's like the Metallica I don't like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of labels, uh, Vexed Brain Enterprises, are you involved in that or is that someone else's project that you just hooked up with or what's that's going a, on? That's 100% me. Cool. Uh, I just felt like, uh, I will, I'll, yeah, honestly, the genesis for it was I didn't ever intend on putting this holy record, this holy as like out on a record label or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I saw, I've there's this young crew, they're the new guard. There's this young crew of kids that are doing like just power violence, DB, like crusty stuff here in Nebraska or Eastern mm -hmm. Nebraska. I'm not sure what's happening in Western Nebraska, because Lincoln's like an hour away. So like that's mm -hmm. college town. But uh, I've I've just been so impressed with what's going on, and they remind me of myself when I was younger. Like you know, like and I just told them I was like, yo, get a recording together. I'll put out a tape and uh it's just it's wild it's it's wild and so i was like okay if i'm gonna put their tape out i might as well just put a name on it and i that's how i can handle my affairs moving forward with this holy and uh it's also one of those things too where it's like i've i've been building pedals now for a year and a half close to two years and i need some sort of mask umbrella over the top of that i guess or something to name it so i you know for me, it's just a simplicity thing. I was like, I'm not just gonna sell records. I'm gonna sell guitar pedals. Mm -hmm. So cool. That's kind. Of, I mean, I just I don't know how many passwords can you remember for all your different accounts. Right. It's, it it really boils down to yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Good like, call. So well, I might have to hit you up about some pedals. I I'm I love drop, pedals, dude. I'm about to I'm about to drop my first one. I'm excited. This is this is like my V3 of my prototype, but I've I've designed a few pedals that I really haven't aside from giving them the friends, I really haven't done anything mm -hmm. with them. But, uh, this one, I was like, okay, I got something here. And, uh, I got in touch with a company that can get most of the legwork done for me. I, I still have to do a, a bunch of stuff once I actually get my PCBs, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, circuit designing and just really like just trial and error. Like not every pedal I build has been fantastic. And it's like, Oh, mm -hmm. what I did not, what didn't I like about that? What did I like about that? And figure out what aspects control that, and uh, I've been able to, I've been able to uh, weed it down to like this one, yeah. So what's so, that one do? It's basically like a, a an overdrive, mm -hmm. 
with like multiple clipping options. So you can send it through like germanium or silicone or anything mm -hmm. like, you know, something like that into a, an octave fuzz. Nice. Yeah. And so, and you can also switch the order of them. So you can go the fuzz into the overdrive or vice versa. Really. I mean, really however you want to do it. I basically just want to make the most wild sound I can make yeah. and, uh, and use it for like solos intros. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't like, a, I don't, I wouldn't use both functions of this pedal. I would use the overdrive function, like for when I track the rhythm tracks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's it's definitely something like when you want to do like cool little guitar solos or in between stuff or throw a synth through it. Like you want to hear sure. something. So yeah, but, super uh, hard clipped uh, octave fuzz it doesn't get too much crazier than that, in my opinion. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'll, it's I'll, just I'll, like machinery breaking. You know, it's yeah. like beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's when the the crappy Yamaha keyboard really comes, you know, shows its shows right? its uh, <laughs> shows its teeth. And you're like, okay, yeah, like I don't know, I uh, I like making weird sounds, so uh, that's just yeah. part of the gig, I guess. But, yeah, that's I cool. think when you when you listen to this Foley, you can definitely tell that it's uh, written by somebody who's interested in gear. Like that's kind of one of the first things that I, you know, like kind of noticed while listening to it uh the other thing that i um wanted to uh bring up is um i really like the art aesthetic i've noticed that there's kind of a um like the seven inches look sick and the covers and everything i kind of wanted to um ask you sort of what your ideas were about the direction of the art for this holy i've used different artists for every single release but I do like the simplicity of, or, or the continuity, I just, the simplicity and the continuity of it. You know, I mean, I screen print every single hand cover myself by hand. Uh, I had job screen printing when I was younger. And uh, I just feel like it's, there's other bands that I've witnessed that like, keep continuity, like throughout the releases that I really appreciated. And I wanted to just like kind of pay homage to it, really. Uh, first and foremost is like weekend nachos. They always mm -hmm. had the same. They always had the same kind of like layouts mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I really respect. I really respected that. I respect those individuals. I'm glad to have to, to glad to know them. Um, but it was like one of those things that uh, I like that. I think that's kind of where the hardcore aspect of it is. It's like I like, you know, the Kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. Like mm -hmm. that is. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and I do screen print everything myself, so it's not like I really want to have to like do things that are above and beyond when it comes to that actual act as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, basically I just, uh, I source my art. I pay all my artists that do it. Uh, I find them through some very interesting methods. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, I I'm very happy with them as well. It's, I, that's, I like making the records. Like, I don't, I think the records are secondary to the actual recording. Like I like them to be something you can like look at and like mm -hmm. hold and be like, okay, this was touched by a human and manipulated in certain ways. And then, you know, they've got nothing to do with the music, but it's like, it's cool to have a, I feel like the records are a piece of art in themselves. Yes. If anything, I just want to convey the message. Like, oh, I took the music serious enough that I actually did something secondary to it. And I do everything myself. I screen print every single piece of everything myself. And uh, yeah, I, I love it. I, I, yeah, I, I, it's cool. I'm like literally presenting like a little art piece, mm -hmm. my dumb little, my dumb little recordings. And, uh, yeah, I just, I think that's the value in it. Mm -hmm. 
Do you have any visual artists that you're specifically influenced by? Oh yeah, man. Neckface, the graffiti artist. That guy's rad. He did like uh, a lot of the uh, graffiti art you'll see in like Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh no, it was hmm. Skate Two. It was Skate Two. Oh, okay. he, he, that. But he's like a graffiti artist that's like world renowned. Uh, I'm sure if, if yeah, if you look if you do look up Neckface in the future, you're gonna see something like oh, I'm well aware of that. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Sure, I like the sure. I like the I like the graffiti artist Space Invader. I think that's rad. I have a friend uh, Brian Brain who does a not a Space Invader thing, but it's definitely an installment type thing where uh he's a he's a tile setter and he uses like mm-hmm. offcuts and remnants and makes mountain ranges out of them like picturesque mountain ranges okay. and then he applies them liberally you know from time to time or even just sells individual pieces and i love that i think that's cool. super cool my friend that drew the second uh this holy cover uh emulator uh 1000 beans his name is drew york a childhood friend of mine uh he paints mural. He lives in Milwaukee. He paints murals and just does all sorts of really cool stuff. And I mean, it's interesting. Every now and then, I've like been able to witness like uh, through social media, like his working his work process and how he like sketched something out on an iPad. And then a couple months later, I'll see like, like a picture of him like on a lift painting it on a wall and everything that's filled in between. And that's very inspirational. That's cool that you're able to keep that sort of within a a circle of friends or people that you know that you know you're influenced by the artists that you know personally so that way you're able to like also work with them too that's well, well that's just that record i i uh, the other records i have i like yeah i that that has just been like artists that i've like kind of looked lurked their profiles and stuff on instagram and just kind of oh gotcha yeah, yeah but i mean like i definitely go through more stuff that i don't ever want to like look at again but then i prefer <laughs> something to find something that i like right. so sure yeah sure yeah, the ultra uh, drawing is pretty amazing as well. Yes, I like that a lot. I just yeah, I thought it was rad as fuck. I was like, yep, this is. I slept on that one for a minute, and I was just like, because the recording wasn't ready yet, and mm-hmm. I came back to the artist, Morbid Dusk. Actually, that's who it is, Morbid Dusk on Instagram. M O R M O R B I D U S K, not no double D in that. But uh, yeah, that artist is a uh, phenomenal. But uh. Thank you. I've got a lot of comments on that yeah. album cover specifically, and that was fun. The screen print. It was just nice to like give, put that, do that final push, and like flip the screen and just see it just minty, and it's just like it's just all over the place. And I feel like that art, like in many ways, like really represented how I felt about the record. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I think it's, I think it was just a, a nice meeting of the two worlds together. Cool. So. Yeah. So everything else is on uh, lathe cut vinyl, is that right? Or for the most part, um, everything's on lathe cut. Yep. Yeah. Is that so so far like a long, like processing time for that? Like the wait time on those? No. Okay. I, I, I mean, this, these recent records, uh, they just through like well, first off, never order anything before South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, within in that first quarter. Yeah, but uh. They were a couple of weeks longer than they were previously, but I mean, usually it's like a three, two, three, four week turnaround. Oh, nice. And yeah. I mean, I'd like to press vinyl, but vinyl, you have like minimum order before you can hit the, yeah, mm-hmm. is like, if you want to, yeah, if, if you want to buy a hundred records and on vinyl, you're, you can't sell them for costs. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. And so you have to get 300 records. And then, you know, unless you are a live band that performs regularly, you aren't going right. to sell 300 records and uh i'm able to do quantities i want 
usually I do less than 50. I'll like some, mm-hmm. some will do 30, some will do like 40, but uh, it just kind of depends. I'm at the point now where I'm tired of represses. Mm-hmm. That's just, I'm over because I'm over it. It's like, I'm just going to do a nice little chunk at the beginning. You get what you get. And, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think lathe cuts are rad. I, uh, I think, you know, I'm not an audiophile by any means. It's not like I have a pro turntable set up in my house. Mm-hmm. Like, but, uh, I, I hear, I just love hearing it. Like, I'd rather hear it on the record than mm-hmm. I would, you know, digital. And like that, when I listen to digital, I'm just like, yeah, it sounds compressed. And even when I listen to like lossless stuff, I'm like, oh, okay. But when I hear it on the actual lathe, I'm like, oh, okay, sick. And mm-hmm. I do plan on, so I'm doing two seven inches that are going to be lathe by the end of the year. But uh, I've started writing the full length and that's basically going to be my my working project for the rest of the year and hopefully start cool. recording wintertime. But that's going to be on vinyl. Nice. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like real traditional, like melted mm-hmm. wax. So, but uh, like most things in my life, who knows? Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. So, so speaking of no repressing though, people need to get to Bandcamp and order your records, right? I would, I would appreciate that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't have they don't they don't have to, but they want to. <laughs> I think I saw that you were saying like uh, it's running low or or something to that effect. So yeah, yeah. People better think, get over there. <laughs> I don't have many left. Uh, yeah, I only did thirty of uh, the opt out and uh, ultra. So mm-hmm. and that's just kind of it is what it is. I mean, I don't know. I think the actual recording is more important than the fit. Yeah. You know, but you know that, that's going to live on forever digitally but i mean if, if not a lot i don't have a lot of friends that collect records so that's right. one of those things i'm also like i realize there's a certain persuasion of person that wants to collect a record mm-hmm. so i don't that's why i don't feel the need to order 300 records right exactly yeah and and wait six months for them i forgot to mention that too like yeah. wait yep. yeah the wait time for vinyl is just i know that there's a lot of new plants popping up and it's getting better but I don't know, man. I get pissed off when the Amazon guys like a day late. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, always I'm, frustrating. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, it's just yeah. waiting that long. By that time, I've made another record. Right. That's that's, that's how I operate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's one of the things that I you actually answered one of my questions that I was going to ask about if you were ever going if you were going to keep this holy to just you know, like seven inch EP singles, or if you were actually going to, if you ever planned on doing a full length. So that's pretty cool to hear that you're, you're planning a full length. I'll be excited think, to hear that. I think that's the natural progression of it. I mean, it's all been a learning curve, like learning process, I should say. And I've, I, uh, just requiring gear, recording gear, more amps, more pedals, building more pedals. I also like I don't like build my own guitars, but like I put parts of guitars together. Mm-hmm. Like I've been playing some aluminum neck guitars lately with like warmth bodies and mm-hmm. sw- swapping out like pickups and yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's, I'm really happy with the sounds I'm making right now, but it's mm-hmm. in two more months, I'm going to be like, let's switch things up. And that's, yeah. I think there's, there's a progression to it. Sure. But I think it's, but I think like, man, right now, I think I'm fully prepared to record a very nice sounding, uh, full length. And, uh, I started writing it, you know, got chunks of songs floating around and starting to pl- like map out drums and stuff like that. But uh, 
I know that this year I'm hitting people pretty hard with just material and I don't feel bad about it, but I realize it's like, okay, now it's, I need, I personally, as, as the primary person, I need to make good music. And so, yeah, I don't know. I've kind of, I'm getting out of the phase now of packing records and printing t-shirts and it's like, okay, now it's time to get back to what this all mm -hmm. started with. And sure. just, just like me personally, I, I hate to call myself an artist, but like just for me personally, as like a musician, I'm like, it's time for me to like really get in it, you know? Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and like i feel like everyone now can hear what i'm capable of like buckle up for the, like the, the full roller coaster like yeah. so and nice. i i like to like i i don't know it's strange for me to tell me people like what the band sounds like to them but mm -hmm. in my head i'm just like it just sounds like me and i don't i i can't you know it, to me it's just db thrash that's pretty much all i'd look at it as but uh, I really want to push some boundaries on the next one, like really weird some people out mm -hmm. and uh, in a good way. But uh, I think that's, uh, yeah, I just think it's a natural progression for where I'm at personally as a musician. So were you in any other bands besides Lord Green or was it was it pretty much just Lord Green and then this project? Uh, my first band was with the legend Steve Mall. Oh, Steve Mall, yes. One of one of my good friends. I like I like Dude, Steve Mall a lot. I love that guy. He's fantastic. Yeah. We, uh Steve and I were in Killer Bear, which is kind of like uh an interesting take on oh. young kids that couldn't play their instruments very well playing botch. I, I remember <laughs> Killer Bear. You guys played Muscatine a few times. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's when I yeah. met like Corey Peak and yep. that whole squad and trendy the trendy bastard days. Yeah, hey, uh rest in peace, Brian. Uh love yes, that. absolutely love, love him forever and uh yeah everyone yeah if you knew him you know what i'm talking about so mm -hmm. but yeah Corey's awesome class of which just played here a couple months ago uh month and a half ago you just killed it that's one of my favorite bands in the midwest yeah. right now it blows my mind how people sleep on them and i'm just like it's i don't know they're up next you know they're getting out there that's for sure yeah 100 do you have any more questions eric well, I mean, this one's kind of an obvious one, and you sort of just said you don't really like to compare uh, yourself to anything. But so I I personally hear a lot of things in Disholy, but I would like to know what are some of your major influences, not only with that project, but with everything, and I guess how it relates to Disholy. Musically, like when I heard Tragedy and like From Ashes Rise and that led to me like finding like older DB bands like Discharge, I was like, oh, okay. This is something that I definitely want to put some chips in that mm -hmm. in that pot for. Uh, I mean, I, I love that shit. You know, Thrash, New Wave of British Heavy Metal, like a mm -hmm. lot of those bands are sick as hell. And my parents were like super conservative growing up. I shouldn't say conservative, but super Christian. Mm -hmm. And uh so I was only allowed to like listen to oldies music. So like a lot of Motown stuff just really yeah. swings me. Big fan of the Beatles. That was one of the bands I was allowed to listen to. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't care if you like them or not. Anyone that disagrees that the Beatles are the best band ever. <laughs> I don't really have much. I don't have much else to say to them. So I'm with you on that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If there's a Beatles hater, I'm just like, come on. Like they, <laughs> they, they did so much. They, yeah. They walked so everyone else could run. Right. So, <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah i don't know i, I like i listen to rap music all the time man i love that shit i think new rap mm -hmm. music is inspiring like hearing sound like that's why i get to listen to like crazy sounds i'm like who made like what was, what was that and obviously mm -hmm. most of that stuff is done in box you know but for me just to kind of like hear something and like how can i peel a layer off that onion and then go home and tone chase and like, that's pretty right i like that i just love hearing new sounds and but i like yeah. old pro i like old prog rock uh I really enjoyed your guys' episode on uh, movie soundtracks. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I want I want to score films so bad. I mm -hmm. think that's like that's like that's like uh, something on my bucket list is I want to do that. And I mean, I like spaghetti western stuff. Like Ennio Morricone. Ennio Morricone is just like that's the that's the big four of Metallica right there. You know what I mean? Like right, yeah. He he's got a better career. He's got a better discography than Metallica does. But. uh <laughs> But that, uh, yeah, I think that's that's inspiring too. I mean, just stuff like that. If you're not picking up inspiration from things that are outside your uh, your expensive hobby, then you're just kind of that's that's very narrow minded way to go about yeah. things. Like so, yeah. I swear I won't mention Earth on every single episode we make. <laughs> but uh, have you heard oh, the man. new score by Earth? Even Hell Has yeah. Heroes. Yeah, I uh, I have not listened to that yet. But, uh, and actually I wasn't like, I haven't been a huge earth fan. Like mm -hmm. I, or have, I, or I should say, I should say listener, but they came to Omaha like six months ago. Yeah. And I just, I just knew I had to go see them because like, they're a legendary band. Like, just like my, uh, previous example of missing, uh, what, what was that band? I forget. But, uh, yeah, I was like, I have to go see earth. Like, and mm -hmm. I was just, yeah, I felt stupid for not listening to them ever. And like that band is just phenomenal. Like, yeah. uh, yeah steve carlson is that his name dylan uh, dylan carlson, carlson. Yeah. yeah dylan carlson mm -hmm. that dude oh my, like i just felt i went home and like looked at my guitar and i picked it up and i felt like i just i felt like i had two <laughs> by fours for fingers and i just could not make a good right? sound and <laughs> yeah. yeah well pretty much any time someone says they like anything twangy or like spaghetti western but they also like metal i'm like check out earth you'll love it one thing I one thing I didn't realize about Dylan Carlson, so I went to the show. Blew my mind. Just like that was like mm -hmm. that was probably one of the more pure like me not being familiar with the band and just being hit with them live for the first time and being just incredibly impressed. Mm -hmm. And then like the next day, my friend was like, "You know that guy bought the shotgun for Kurt Cobain, right?" And I was, I was just like, thinking about that. And I, yeah. and I and I was just like, "Damn!" I was like fuck like how do you live with that like that he, like, yeah uh, not very well some of the time it seems <laughs> yeah he's had a, he's had a rough one yeah, yeah. Once, once i did my own history i was like oh poor guy like that, that yeah. and, and i think that's what made that um live experience even more for me i was like the demons right. that, that that individual has pushed behind them and managed to uh seemingly do very well uh that's inspiring yeah yeah for sure i hope i don't go down that road but when i do i'm gonna look right. at him for inspiration <laughs> Um, there, you go. there you go if not just for the sideburns no i'm just kidding <laughs> dude he he was he was standing outside the the front door of the club when i walked in and like he was i'm not that tall i'm like 5 10 5 mm -hmm. 10 and a half when i'm really feeling good and uh he was like shoulder height at me and i was yeah. like i was like damn that's that dude i was like right <laughs> you know no i don't care how tall anyone right. is but I, I in my head i just like maybe it's just putting people on a platform mm -hmm. from a spectator point of view for sure i was like damn this guy is he's, i 
I thought he'd be like seven foot tall. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> He's got that Malcolm Young thing happening. Like the guitar looks humongous on him. You know? uh, when you mentioned uh, growing up in the, uh, this is kind of funny because we were, you, you just mentioned Closet Witch. And when you mentioned growing up in a uh, strict Christian household and you were limited to what you could listen to. I remember talking to Alex and I'm not sure if it was Christian, uh, Alex, the guitarist of, yeah. Closet Witch. And um he uh I don't lefty. know if it I don't know if it was Chris. Right. Yes. Um I don't know if it if it was cause it because it was a Christian household, but I think it might have been. Um he also was not allowed to listen to heavy music until he was like a teenager. So you know what he told me his first CD he ever bought was? You're not gonna believe this. Saint Anger. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, wow. and I promise that's the last time I'll talk about Metallica ever on this podcast. You know what, man? <laughs> Damn, that makes me feel a lot better about my first CD. My my first CD was Ace of Base, uh, the song. Oh, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. solid. Dude, I, dude, yes, out, dude. I was so pissed when they turned out to be like Nazis or like one of them was a Nazi or some oh, shit like that. Really? That dude, actually I, happened? Wow. Dude, I, I didn't know that. God, I fucking hate that shit. What? Like, what? Yeah, dude. God, I hate that shit. But uh, hmm. I actually, when when Alex stayed in town, they stayed the night at my house, and uh, mm-hmm. Alex came down here in my basement, and like uh, he and I like are using a lot of the same gear uh, hmm. for recording. So I was like, cool. oh, cool. And so it was fun to like kind of, you know, I mean, it's always fun to talk to someone that's like minded, that's kind of going up with like going the same thing too. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for uh, yeah. Alex is a phenomenal guitarist. Got great tone. He is. Uh, and he's he's a freaking just mastermind when it comes to like effects and I you know it was one of those things where he was asking me these questions and I was like oh wow I need to like brush up or at least like <laughs> you know watch some watch some tutorials like he's for, far more advanced than I'm at at this thing so that 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 was inspirational for me to like okay now I can step it up a little bit and mm-hmm. on the next recording I stole all the shit that he told me for sure so, yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, that's how it all works, you know. I'm sure you told him some stuff he had never tried too. So, you yeah, know. maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, probably not, but potentially. All right, so Thomas, your first CD was Ace of Base, The Sign. Unfortunately, so. Do you remember what your first CD was, Eric? I was just trying to think of it. Um, uh, it was either The Birds' Greatest Hits or. I think it might have been uh, Flood by They Might Be Giants. It was one of those oh, wow. two. Oh, yeah. wow. That, that's yeah. a hell of a first CD. Um, yeah. So mine was DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. He's the DJ, I'm the rapper. Hell yeah. First Which has the first song on there. Yes, <laughs> arguably the first horrorcore song, Nightmare on My Street. <laughs> it's solid. It's a solid track. It really is. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> at least hey at least they were nazis yeah that's yeah. true yeah that's true but man that that is uh because i actually like that song the sign i think it's kind of a, a jam but after telling yeah. me that it does make you yeah i was yeah. bummed yeah, it, yeah it's not like everyone i think it's everyone in the band i think it's just like a member or something like that hmm. but i mean where there's smoke there's fire yeah well yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're putting yeah. up with it you're part of it you know yeah yeah i didn't expect you <laughs> ponder the the current whereabouts of Ace of Base in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we ponder a lot of stuff on this uh, podcast sometimes that we're just like, hey, how did we get here? 
It's like, hey, and so Siri. we learned about Ace of Base and you know, <laughs> a lot about Ace of Base today. So, hey Siri, how can I cleanse my guilt from my first CD purchase? <laughs> and she'd be like, Tom, just put it behind you. Just put it behind. <laughs> oh, dude, it, dude, it actually fucking happened. I like it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it actually. <laughs> what was the answer? <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, it's like you already know what to do. Siri doesn't have to tell you what to do. You know. <laughs> oh man. She's, she's gonna. She's gonna like record this podcast and release it right before you. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. And she's got the name recognition too. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone sorry, knows Siri. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. Oh man. Well, thanks for coming on the uh podcast, Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having that was me. Uh, yeah. I, I really appreciate all the content you guys have provided previous. And uh yeah, I'm just I'm humbled that you guys would just want to listen to me talk about bullshit for as long as I have. So and we're yeah. humbled to have you. That's you. for real. So yeah, so absolutely. Much. So uh where can people uh you know hear your music and everything, Thomas? Uh Everything is available through like most streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Bandcamp. Uh, How am I going to find out about these pedals through Vexed Brain, by the way? Uh, I, have an, <laughs> I, have, I have an Instagram for that. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, that's like something I'm probably going to have to build a website for, which I'm mm-hmm. not not happy about. But just <laughs> ju- just seeing how like Bandcamp handles money and how, how much of a cut they take from... Right. It makes me... It, yeah it's not like i'm making any money in the first place i'm charging cost for everything Mm -hmm. yeah and uh so by the time Bandcamp takes their chunk of money and paypal takes their processing fees i'm like recovering my money that's barely Mm -hmm. just barely after i've after i've screen printed everything recorded it done like yeah and uh i'm probably gonna have to make a website for vex brain i have an instagram right now with vex brain it's it's should be pretty easy to find uh but uh yeah i think that's gonna be where i put a lot of energy while i'm also writing the full length is for Desoli is doing that kind of thing i've got my first order of pedals due here in a couple of weeks and uh they're the they're the final version of the pedal i just showed you like in a much smaller mm-hmm. container i mean I, i'm treating that like an expensive hobby as well mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. and i Sweet. i like it i like it because i made the sound that i made but the sounds that I make aren't for everybody. So sure. Yeah. I don't have high expectations. I just, I'm having fun. Nice. Just a complete labor of love, man. That's yeah. You know? Yeah. I, th- I think for that first run too, I'm going to price everything like fairly conservatively, just like I do for this holy stuff. Like I'm an unknown pedal builder. I just want to move some units and get people hearing them that they like them, tell their friends about it. Like, yeah, I, that's, that's how yeah. I want to, I, that's how I want to approach it. And, uh, well, I'm going to be hitting you up. Don't worry. Cool, man. I want yeah. <laughs> I want to make him special, man. You will not be disappointed. Nice. Like I am. I'm hyped. So sweet, sweet. That's Very awesome. cool. Yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you so much, and uh, it's been really fun talking to you. Hey, the pleasure's all mine. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank nice. you very much, Tom. All right, guys. All right. Have a fantastic rest of your night. Thanks. Yep, you too. Bye. Have a great one. Bye. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to lie, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to play stadiums.